0: As a little girl, one of my regular memories is around three o'clock in the afternoon when a lady's low voice came on the radio. You are loved with an everlasting love. That's what the Bible says, and underneath are the everlasting arms. I had no idea how the solemn voice of that lady would encourage me and shape the years to come. Through college and beyond, the solemn voice of that woman changed the course of my life. In fact, she's probably the reason I'm doing this podcast. I might not have waited for the man God had chosen for my husband if it hadn't been for the book, Passion and Purity. Today we have with us a lady who heard that solemn voice above her cradle. One day as a small girl, that solemn voice told her that her father had gone up over the jungle in a little yellow airplane and now he was in heaven. In a few months, that solemn voice told her that the two of them would be moving to that jungle where they would live with the people who had killed her daddy and his friends. The story of Elizabeth Elliot is possibly the most inspiring one of her generation. Just as Corey Ten Boom inspired the generation before her and Amy Carmichael the generation before her, Elizabeth Elliot's life preached to an entire era that the gospel is the power of God into salvation to everyone that believes and God can use a woman where it seemed only men could succeed. I believe the lady we have with us today has a story that's every bit as aligned with the needs of our generation as Elizabeth was for her day. Valerie Elliott Shepard is a pastor's wife, mother of eight, grandmother, and author who's lived with jungle children and seen their culture transformed from murderous savages who were in danger of extinction from within to a peaceful group of believers who demonstrate the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ can save anyone. As a young lady, Valerie was personally lovingly trained by that solemn voice that taught millions of us. She's served all over the U.S. as a pastor's wife, and she's seen everything from jungle revival to social media feuds. She'd tell you she's just a regular person, but she's also a faithful, wise woman who's had a front row seat to genuine Christian devotion and chosen to follow that faith, even knowing that suffering is part of the deal. My favorite qualification of hers is her eight children. I've learned so much about motherhood just by hearing her mother talk about how Valerie raised her eight children. So you can see why I'm just about beside myself to speak with her today. Mrs. Shepard, thank you so much for being with us.
1: You are welcome, and you can call me Val. (laughs)
0: All right. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm. Well,
0: Val, your mother encouraged us to be women unashamed of godly femininity. Meanwhile, the culture has disintegrated until today's teens believe birthday suits can be exchanged if we think we got the wrong one. Biblical Mm -hmm. femininity was merely unpopular 20 years ago. Today's woman is applauded if she is fierce. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is kind of a three-part question. Do you ever ache at the culture? And what do you think? the days older women can do for generations coming behind who've never even heard or seen an example of a godly woman? And is it even right right for us to ache over such ponderous problems when our own families need our attention?
1: Well, certainly we can ache. Our hearts ache over many things that we can't talk about or we can't straighten people out on. Mm -hmm. Um, our hearts ache over the drug problem our hearts ache over murders terrorism etc our hearts can ache over the lack of femininity and the lack of understanding what's appropriate so yes my heart aches over it Um, did you ask me a second question there after that
0: yes Um, ma'am what can we do for the generations
1: who've never
0: seen it Um, truth
1: well I do believe that we can set the example by being quiet and loving. I don't mean being so quiet that you can't see the personality of the person. Um, I have a husband who definitely has appreciated my personality and has not put me down, And but he is the head of the home, and I think a lot of people think that if a woman decides she's got to be a submissive wife, then she's going to be like like a doormat and not speaking up mm-hmm. at all i I believe in being an example of honoring my husband. I believe in being an example of speaking up when I feel like I need to speak up when the truth needs to be said, and i'm because my mother was such a truth speaker, mm-hmm. I also want to be. Uh, I think in your introduction, you you raise the bar higher than I am. I mean, you know, I am a very normal sinner. Struggles with weaknesses and struggles with procrastination and struggles with, um, you know, my own wanting to be selfish, self-centered. So, But anyway, being feminine and being a lady in a culture that doesn't know that, doesn't know about it or doesn't see it or doesn't appreciate that, I I think it's my responsibility to... Be as loving and kind, as gentle as I can be with younger women who may not be looking up to me at all, who may just be observing me. Mm. so uh, I don't I think uh wanting to be asked questions about mm-hmm. how I love my husband or honor him, or about how did I raise my children, I want. To be able to share that, but there are many young women who are simply looking to the internet for answers to any of their questions.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And my heart's desire is to be able to share face to face with words how I could give a few hints on child raising. I don't. I didn't have it all together. I didn't do it perfectly, but I did learn a few things. And um, and and I know that it was God's grace that raised our children up to be who they are now.
0: And I wanted to tell you, I didn't mean to raise the bar so high because um, <laughs> one of the things that's helped me so much about listening to things you've said is that um, while your mother always kind of pra- praised you and touted all the all the things you were doing, whenever you mm-hmm. spoke, you would talk about um, your weaknesses. And that has yeah. helped me yeah. so much to think that you didn't have it all together. <laughs> so there might be hope for yeah. me I'm so, such a mess. Mm -hmm. So that's a, Mm -hmm. that's a big, Mm -hmm. I think also just being honest about um, our weaknesses, even though we feel like everybody can already see them.
1: (laughs) Yes, we have to be honest. And I think being on the radio with my mother often made me feel quite nervous and insecure because I felt like she might be lifting up my family as here's the model family. And I felt like, Oh my goodness, we're sinners like everybody else. And I don't always consistently punish when I should punish and et cetera. You know, I see so many inconsistencies in my own um, being a mother when I knew all the right principles because my mother had taught me all the right things that we should be doing as mothers. And yet she understood. She said, but Val, in your confessing that you don't do everything exactly as you want to, uh, that encourages other mothers. And I said, really? I would think it would discourage them. No. And she said, no, it encourages them because they see that you're walking with Christ. They see that you have to depend on the Lord. And that's that's the big thing. Yeah. You know, if we don't depend on him, then we look like we think we've got it all together. We look like we're... Everybody look at us. We're doing amazing, amazingly. And we're not. I mean, it's only because of Christ that anything good is happening. So in our home, um, we had a lot of laughter and playfulness. uh, But there were times when I felt like we should have disciplined more consistently. And then there were times when I felt like I I disciplined too strictly and fiercely. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so I have a personality that's... I have a lot of spontaneity and impulsiveness in me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is what made me struggle with being consistent because I would make a rule one day and then the next day think, oh, I don't really want to follow that rule.
0: Oh, that is <laughs> <That's> so true. <laughs> and then you so. see the kids rolling their eyes when you say a new rule, like, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you really going to follow this rule? Uh-huh. Yeah. hmm
0: well, um, you said you said that God shows us shortcomings that stay with us, so that we can remember that mm-hmm. He is our treasure and not the gifts that He's given us. Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, mm-hmm.
0: kind of just answered this question, but um, you were talking about how mm-hmm. uh, in one of your in your, one of your talks, you were talking about how God taught you this as a mother. And have you have you mm-hmm. grown past some of those weaknesses that you you felt as a as a young mother, or or do they stay with you all your
1: life? all your life and we need to
2: mm-hmm.
1: accept it. Well, the weakness of my impulsive personality or my spontaneity or my love of fun, the, all those things work together to, to make me either very strong in, in that area or I can be very weak, um, in following through. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes. Ma'am. So, so, uh, one of the things I had shared was yelling at one of my children and I was horrified to hear myself yelling and thinking, how am I ever going to get get past this? How am I ever going to have victory over this? And I felt as if the Lord and, you know, you sense things and maybe he's not really saying something, but you're sensing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I knew he was he was saying to me, confess that you yelled, you know, ask forgiveness of your daughter for getting angry. But I may not give you victory over this because if you get the victory and you never yell again, then you're going to think that you've you've done it yourself, you've made it. You yeah. And so being an example before your children of a sinner at the foot of the cross, just as they are. We're all in the dust at the foot of Calvary and we all have to confess our sins daily, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and because I'm now grandmother age, I can't imagine that I would really yell at one of my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't imagine doing it, and yet, I mean, uh, my temper could flare, or my I mean, I might have even scared my little granddaughter just recently. We were on a balcony with a hose, Mm -hmm. and she kept wanting to, uh, I told her she could wash off my feet, but she was not very adept with holding the hose so that I didn't get wet too. So I raised my voice Uh and I said, no, I don't want to get wet. And she looked at me startled. So it wasn't that I was angry. I was trying to get her attention. But uh, I don't, I, I think the weakness is still there. I have raised my voice even at a friend simply because she's not getting what I'm trying to help her see Uh and so I think the weakness is still there I think the continual admission to the Lord that we desperately need his help all the time and that we need to ask for forgiveness of whomever we have been irritated at um, that's something that can be lifelong and it's not I mean, it doesn't mean Jesus doesn't have the victory. I love the verse that says Christ always leads us in triumph. Mm -hmm. And I think that means when we are dependent on him and saying, Lord, live through me, speak through me. Then he does lead us in triumph, but ourselves get in the way. Yes. And so I am still there. I'm still a weak sinner. And I think growing in holiness simply means growing in understanding and seeing my sin as bigger than I used to see it. Wow. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that I've become an amazingly, I'm, I'm an amazing person who hardly sins. Mm. It, that doesn't. That's not what it means. Growing in holiness means I've come closer to Christ in my dependence, in saying I I truly understand that it's you living in me. That will help me to do anything good. Wow! Right, and so so I'm I'm desperately in need of His help. Wow! All the time. Is,
0: that is so helpful. I've never mm-hmm. thought of it that way, but mm-hmm. I definitely mm-hmm. can look back and see how my weaknesses are staying with me, and they're they're awful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so good. And I think me. I think we can ask the Lord to show us how He hates. Sin, so that we, if we love Him truly, are wanting to learn to love Him. He will slowly but surely. And we're slow, and He's He's surely going to show us or give us that hatred of sin. Oh, that's. Um, we, he will, and it's His Holy Spirit living in us because He is drawing us to holiness. He's our Shepherd. He's leading us by still waters. And then I could get into that next question about the, about prayer. Um, mm-hmm. okay. but I, I, I really, I really believe that in this culture, everyone is trying to do too much. Uh-huh. And because of that, they're very frustrated with themselves because they can't seem to make the time with the Lord a priority. Mm-hmm. And I have to confess even today I woke up at 4.30. I wanted to go back to sleep, tried for a little while, finally got up at 5.30. Mm -hmm. Was supposed to go right to my Bible, was Mm -hmm. supposed to go to my prayer time, but other things got in the way, reading something on my phone, Mm -hmm. and then I thought, well, it's such a gorgeous sunrise morning, I'll go for a walk and get that walk out of the way because it's cooler. Mm Uh-huh. But then got talking to a friend and absolutely lost all of the time that I should have spent with the Lord. Now I don't think the Lord is looking down on me, frowning about that. Mm-hmm. I think he he is grieved because I did not put him first. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe wholeheartedly that confession <laughs> is is continually good for us, and and we have to recognize that we continually need. All day long, we have to preach the gospel to ourselves. Oh, that's so All day long, we have to say, we need Jesus. This is this, whatever trial I'm going through. It's because for this, he's allowing it. For this, I have Jesus to go through it with. I, he's, he's with me, and I am, I'm not alone. I'm going to trust him to help me in this. And I have beat myself up over not making that priority, absolute, absolute priority. I'll even waste time piddling around in the kitchen (laughs) so that that time goes, is frittered away. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so I do, I beat myself up. But what I know to be true is in returning and rest Mm -hmm. is my salvation. Quietness and confidence is my peace. And I, I continually come back to those verses because that's what he wants. He wants us to return to him. He knows we're human. He knows how inconsistent I can be, and he just says, "Val, look to me." And oh, it's the simplest thing in the world. It's, "Come unto me, all you who are weary," and I'm I'm weary of of my own self, and so I have to continually pray for delivery from myself.
0: Oh wow! Yes, that's mm-hmm. so good. Preach the gospel to yourself all day long, because it says, "All day long, to every creature we are we're part that's of right. that." And
1: that's right. Yeah, we need it.
0: Salvation to everyone that believes, including us, and it saves us mm-hmm. from whatever problem we have. That is so mm-hmm.
1: good. Mm-hmm. I've never thought mm-hmm. about that. I preach it to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all day long we need it. So as soon as we start thinking, okay, I've got it together, that's where we become like the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Everybody look at me. I've, got, I've I've made progress in this. I hope you see it. And that's what? not... That's not Christ. That's not the way of Christ. The way of Christ is humbly depending. I mean, what did Jesus do in the Garden of Gethsemane? He said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. He was humbly saying, it's more important that your will be done than it is mine, than mine to be done. So humility and quietness is in this culture is not understood. And of course, I'm sure that among most Christians, we understand what humility is, but we are so running a rat race of busyness. We're, we're so, we put ourselves into this problem of, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And holy women of God do this, so I should be doing this. And Hmm. what does the Lord want? Well, He first wants us to spread our list. If you sure have, I'm sure you heard my mother say, spread our list before the Lord. And then you say to him, Lord, thy list be done. Thy will be done. Mm. Have it rule over this list so that if this list doesn't get done today, I know that what happened, you allowed for for a good reason.
0: Yes. Yes. And the peace that comes when those holy, dis- what did she call them? Holy interruptions. <laughs>
1: Yes, uh huh. Mm -hmm. Or divine appointments, holy interruptions. Yep.
0: Well, as a Mm -hmm. mother of eight, you know the financial Mm -hmm. struggles that uh, families face.
2: Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel Mm -hmm. troubled
0: about helping financially? And what advice would you give Mm -hmm. a woman like me who knows her family needs her help financially Mm -hmm. but she doesn't want to neglect her job as a wife Mm -hmm. and
1: mother? Sure. I definitely had that struggle. Excuse me. I wanted to help when I could. And I think uh, for for a short period of time, four months was the only regular job I had. I worked uh, three or four days a week at a bakery
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, early in the morning, like from 7 to ten thirty or 11. And that's the only job I said it was only four months. But uh, yes, I did struggle with wanting to be able to help my husband, uh, but also knew that a lot of the management of the money needed to be carefully watched by me, not not because of my husband, but just watching what I was spending right so um I really believe God provides for those who have just one income,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the Lord provided for us many different ways, but um there were times when we thought we weren't sure we were going to get paid from by the church. Um, there would be a week or two late in getting paid, and we made it. The Lord always provided. Um, but I think if if a woman can keep asking her husband as well as the Lord, what is it that I could be doing to bring in a little bit of extra money, whether it's just saving? Mm -hmm. by not spending so much Mm -hmm. or whether it's an actual work that God can, uh, can bring, bring some income from. I think we, we women should pray that the Lord would lead us to that. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a part-time job or a job that you do once you've put the kids in bed, just just a couple of hours, you know, to be able to help a little bit. I just, I do struggle with women working full-time and having children at home taken care of by somebody else or going to a daycare. I I struggle with how how that can work. How do the children get well-taught by a caregiver? I don't know if I've answered your question, but yes, I, I do think we can really seek the Lord about is there something I could be doing to bring in some extra money? And I think again, saving in the way we spend is a big part of helping. Yes. You know that we don't spend too much.
0: Yes, ma'am. That's mm-hmm. that's very good. And and that's a hard thing because um that's that goes back to the first question and how the how the culture is so hard you grieve um, over things that you can't fix. And mm-hmm. you know, I know a lot of ladies would love to stay home with their families, mm-hmm. and uh, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, they're they're not able to. Whether mm-hmm. they're the, the only breadwinner or whatever, but
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: I'm thankful for God's grace. for yes. all of mm-hmm. us. Yes,
1: but yes, for so we're a- to work. We're we're to work as hard as we can at what we know we can do well at, and we are to, like the Proverbs thirty-one woman. Were to to seek what it is we could do to help bring in some extra income. But I don't, I think it, there's a big part of just the husband and wife talking to each other about it and, and explaining, you know, of course the husband normally would be able to understand that if you're homeschooling at the time is very, very, very valuable with mm-hmm. them. And, um, but there's what I'm trying to say is it's so important for the husband and wife to agree Mm-hmm. on how much should she be outside of the home uh or whether he even wants her to be outside of the home it's it's very important for the two to be listening to each other and honoring each other and if the husband says i really need you to work then the wife does all she can to figure out how yeah mm-hmm.
2: that's good
0: and that's that's not a that's not a burden to to be close enough to your husband to talk about that, that's a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. And God can yes. give that gift because it is from him. And sometimes it's impossible unless God does it. But just like everything else, mm-hmm. he, he answers prayer and he can provide that relationship.
2: That's I don't right. mean
0: to be yeah. flippant about that because I know not everybody has no, no. That, but, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um well, when we homeschool our children and we make our lives consumed with training them, It can be very Mm -hmm. easy then to be distracted from our primary task as a wife. So Mm -hmm. have you learned anything Mm -hmm. that can help us when we get sidetracked um, from that first Mm -hmm. role?
1: Well, my husband and I discovered a a great time to have our, quote, date. Mm -hmm. And that was Saturday mornings when our older children, they all wanted to sleep in. If any of the younger ones did get up they knew that on Saturday mornings that it was the older sisters that had to come take care of them. Mm-hmm. So we, we usually spent about an hour and a half to two hours together. Um, and that was our time to talk and pray, and do any kind of planning that we needed to do, but it was a wonderful, wonderful time. And I would highly recommend, doesn't have to be a date out, Every week, um, I would highly recommend husbands and wives setting aside a time when they really are focused on just each other. We didn't, for many years, at least 12, 13 years, we didn't have a date night.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I I expected and hoped for evenings to be with my husband. And then if if I was not good at getting my kids to bed, Early enough so that we even had some time before we went to bed. I I struggled with um again beating myself up over why can't I seem to get the children all to bed before eight o'clock, and then you know give my time to my husband. So it's a struggle. Uh, it's it's not easy, but it's it's something that should be a goal of every wife to say I need to put my husband first, and when he comes home from work. To come to him, smile at him, give him a kiss or whatever, it, instead of being so busy in the kitchen or so busy that he's hardly noticed when he's come in the home. And I don't think I did that very well for many, many years. Um, now I can watch my own children when one of them comes and if I'm with them, I, one of them comes home from work and I I see how important it is hmm. for the spouse to, to look up and smile and be happy <laughs> that the other spouse is home. Um, so I, I certainly didn't do very well at that, but I believe in it. And I, I think I remember people saying, how do you have time for yourself? This was back when we were only married 11 or 12 years. And I would say, well, my time for myself is early morning mm-hmm. because I really love the quiet when nobody else needs me. Uh And I happen to be a morning person. A lot of people groan and say, well, I'm not a morning person, so how do I do that? Well, then they have to discipline themselves to make another time of the day that really is with the Lord, because that's where you get refreshed. I didn't have to go out and have my nails done in order to have time for myself. It wasn't something that I even thought to do back then. Uh Um, Time for myself really meant the Lord in me. I needed, and I don't mean to sound sanctimonious there at all i i just know that that's what what refreshed me for the day every day
0: yes it's and, a gift it's a gift and it's yeah. not anybody who has enjoyed that time knows that it's not about it's not like we're performing to do that we need that and god right at that time so it's we not
1: desperately need it yes mm-hmm. yeah that's right Uh, So my husband and I didn't do dates. We hadn't even heard about dates much until we were 12 to 13 years along in our marriage. So I I think it's very good to try to plan something at least twice a month. I would say it doesn't have to happen weekly, especially with big families. Depends on how old your older children are, too. Mm -hmm. But when the older children understand that the mom and dad need to go out because they need time, to work on their own relationship, that's really a good thing for the children to see that. Mm. Yeah. That's so funny. it's something we should work at. It's something we should, we we need to make it a goal to spend time with our spouse and and when we're seeking to honor the Lord in learning to love our husbands. Mm-hmm. He's gonna show us he's gonna show us our own sin and selfishness when we're We're wanting our own time instead of our time with our spouse. I remember when I was so excited. I'd never heard of Mother's Day out till I moved to Laurel, Mississippi. Uh And the church decided to have that once a week. And I was so excited to put my oldest son. I think I had just had my second baby. Uh So I put my oldest son in it for several weeks. And I felt
2: like... (laughs)
1: Now I'm not saying this is the way with every mother's morning out because some of them are very well run and some are uh, that children are you know taught something and given special attention and all that good. But for me, I felt guilty. After a few weeks, I began to think, you know, I'm just thinking selfishly in this thing of having my time to myself. Mm-hmm. Sure, it helped to go shopping without the child, but but I gave it up. I just felt like the Lord was saying, you don't have to have this mother's morning out. And I'm not saying every woman has to feel the same way. It, it just was my experience at at the time um, that I didn't. I, I just felt convicted that I I should be full time mom with Walter. And
0: yeah, but that does help to um to realize that you weren't always perfect at maybe when your husband came home or and you've seen Definitely. that as yeah. a as a, mm-hmm. a mother of grown children. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah. That's really helpful to hear it that, put that way, that this is what you mm-hmm. need to do, but I didn't always do it, and God still helped us. So, right, yeah, God is gracious. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Well, mm-hmm. you've also seen society change as technology has increased. You believe, mm-hmm. and I know you said you, you believe, and I agree, that your most um, helpful teaching is face-to-face, but do you believe that social media and blogs and the like are a good place to mentor young women? Or do you believe it's not as helpful as as we think it is?
1: I think it can be very helpful. It depends on the young woman that's reading. There are some who are looking for blogs uh, that will help them. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've not kept up with my blog well at all. Excuse me. But I believe that it can be very helpful. But I also believe that older women should be looking for younger women in their own area, whether it's in church or in their neighborhood, that they could encourage. Hmm. I really have wanted to be able to help younger women with just a few hints Mm -hmm. of child raising training. I think the word training is not very well liked or is not done, is not spoken about among young women, training children. Uh-huh. Now I could be just saying in general, not just in, not in the Christian world only. I'm just saying in general, they, there are so many mothers who are just rolling their eyes and shrugging their shoulders. Like this is what my child does. I don't, I don't think there's anything I can do about it.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I, I just recently wrote an email. <laughs> I should have sent it to you before we talked on the, on the phone, but I I have started sending out an email pretty irregularly to some young moms that I know of just some hints, just some things that I'm thinking about that young moms I think would be helped by. Hmm. And again, I'm, I wasn't the perfect parent, and I wish I could have been more consistent. But but the Lord has just graciously given us children who are happy to be together when we can get together, and they're they're they really love each other and they're committed to each other and they are also all children that are willing to work hard. Mm. So somehow the Lord helped me to train them from tiny ages, two to three, that they can do little jobs. And I think that's very important. There are a lot of mothers who are not even aware they can train their children to clear the table, they can train their children to take their dirty clothes to the to the bag or to basket, you know, just Lots of little things that can be done to help children understand there's work to be done. There's always work to be done. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, what about the younger women that are looking for somebody to teach them? How can they, how should they approach an older woman about asking?
1: Very boldly. (laughs) They should approach, they should very Of course, gently, politely, but I just mean they should not be afraid to ask an older woman to help them. And I think there are older women who would like to help, but they would never even put themselves out there to say, hey, I'm here to help. If anybody would like me to, I used to think I need somebody to come and help me iron. I don't get my ironing done. And a lot of people say, well, I don't even do any ironing. Well, I was trained by a mom who did her ironing every Saturday night. Uh-huh. I don't do it every Saturday night, but there were times with little ones around that I just thought, ah, That pile of ironing is just huge. I wish somebody would just come and say, could I help you with the ironing? <laughs> or could could I take your children out so that you can do your ironing? <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, I just think you, you can be bold in asking older women. If the older woman feels like she just can't, then she's going to say that. And, mm-hmm. and there's nothing we can do to change that except to pray that older women would see their responsibility. To younger women and I, uh, I'm a wordy person and I would love to help in whatever way I could uh, so I just don't see that very many younger women are looking to their real older friends or older women in their lives for advice they're just looking on the internet which I think is sad because yeah. they're also going to find all kinds of secular thinking Mm-hmm. Which is, isn't going to help them at all is if their Christian mothers wanting to help their children train them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord.
0: Yes, that's so true. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of bad advice. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. what have you learned? You know, on Facebook, it's so common to find people giving their opinions about this or that to people who um, don't either don't care or have no business knowing about that part of their lives.
1: Right. I I don't, I don't believe in putting out my political or certain. I do put some Christian things on most of the time, but I don't really believe in putting out my opinions on things. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: In fact, I get, I I get so either. I think Facebook is complicated and I don't really like looking at it very much. Um, Mm -hmm. I used to look at it pretty often, but I, I put it off till I look like there are about eighty nine notifications and I think, well, maybe I should look at this. But I just think it's it takes up too much time. So I, I like Facebook for just the fact of you you can find some news and you can see some pictures of people that you love, but I can't keep up with it.
0: Yes. Yes. And it can it can be so discouraging to yes. hear so much. We're not God and we don't need to hear everybody's deep dark secrets.
1: Right. I think I th- I think people don't need to know every detail of our lives and the more it is out there, the more people think they have to share the details and really we're not made to do that for the public.
2: Yeah.
0: Yes. It seems like it's taken the place of prayer because mm-hmm. people just get in the habit of telling Facebook when there's a problem instead of going to God about it and,
1: right. and it's yeah. a big problem with yeah. everything.
0: What would you say to the young woman who desperately wants to make a difference, but all she can see are her many failures?
1: I would say God loves us as failures and God wants to use us as weak, failing human beings. And what changed my husband's and my life was doing a serious study of the book of Galatians
2: mm-hmm.
1: when we were shown that we had been living for our reputation rather than for his We were shown through that study that we had become like Pharisees, hoping to have approval from people by what we thought were our successes or our accomplishments. Uh And so it was when I decided, when I understood that I had to die to my reputation, that that my reputation, my accomplishments or how I looked as a mother were not what it was about, That it was about God and glorifying him. So that study helped me so much to recognize that I, as a failure, can share with other women who feel like they're failures to say, it's about Christ and what he can do through me. It's not about my accomplishments. So I would really encourage younger women who think they're failures, because I totally, I had seven children when I thought I am a failure as a mother. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really believe God helped us to... And I don't think it's just the book of Galatians that people need to study. It's simply that relationship of why did Christ die for me and what does it mean to my life today? Mm. Does Jesus make a difference, as my mother used to say? Does he make a difference in today's happenings, how how I respond to what happens today? He should. Mm. And it should be evident to other people that he is the one that makes the difference. It's not me that is amazing pers- an amazing person. So I've been there. I I definitely felt like a failure, and my husband came home and said, could we do a Bible study together? And I was completely shocked. We had never done a Bible study, just the two of us. Hmm. And from then on, we probably took uh, six to eight months to finish this study, and it changed our lives because we saw that it's about the grace of God, and about his love it's not about how we perform so as a failure as a mother who thought I've done most of the things wrong God was saying look I want to redeem what you think you've done wrong by my presence in your life by you training your children with my spirit in you helping you hmm. that made a huge difference because up until then I thought I loved underlining all the verses about God is my help. God is my strength. Before that, uh, I, I loved underlining, but then did I understand how he was with me throughout the day? No. I'd go into breakfast, start to fix breakfast, saw a grumpy child coming to breakfast, and I'd, that would make me grumpy. And I'd forget completely that the Lord wanted to help me to respond to that child in the right way as, as a kind, loving, authoritative figure instead of getting irritated that the child was being grumpy. So so it really changed my life to, to recognize Christ died for me as a failure and I needed the gospel every day. I needed to die to my reputation every day. I needed to see that everything was about Christ, not about me and what I was looking like to people. Mm. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, it does. It does. I need that. And I have needed that for so long.
1: Mm.
0: Thank you so much. This has been so helpful. Uh. You
1: know, you're very welcome. Just Just as long as people hear me saying that I continue to fail, but Christ is my righteousness. It's because He is my righteousness that I can do anything good. Anything that good that comes out of me is because the Holy Spirit has prompted me or helped me to do something that needed to be done. It's it's not about I'm amazing, an amazing person because I'm the daughter of Elizabeth and Jim Elliott. Mm-hmm. That that's the way I used to think subconsciously. Mm-hmm. I used to think I ought to be amazing because I'm the daughter of Elizabeth and Jim. But finally, it came clear to me in that year. It was 1992. That that couldn't make me a holy person. Hmm. Holiness comes from the walk with Christ. Wow. So it's been it's been a continual journey ever since. And yes, something can get me upset today, and I can raise my voice even at my husband. But the Lord has gotten us to the place where we can quickly ask forgiveness, and we can quickly say, "And I, I was totally focusing on what I wanted right then." So me managing my husband have you ever tried to manage your husband I'm afraid I am afraid I have to I have to laugh because that's the first thing my mother told me when I got engaged to Walt is now you can't change your husband and it went in, I, I like to say it went in one year and out both years I never remembered it again and I I, I was I was really determined to make my husband who I thought he ought to be without even recognizing that I was trying to do that. I wasn't recognizing that I was, that I was managing him. Mm-hmm. And even recently, he said to me, are you trying to manage me again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry, yes, I am. So that is, our, that is our natural way. We women want to lord it over our husbands. We women want to tell them what to do. Yes, we do. But the Lord the Lord has given them a good brain Mm-hmm. And gifts to do what they need to do. And what we are to do is honor them, love them, appreciate them, laugh with them. That's a big deal to have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, life is awfully grim. Mm. Oh, so, um, I'm so thankful for my husband because he does have a great sense of humor. And but we're crazy. I mean, some of the things that are said between us are just crazy nobody else in the world to me it seems like nobody else in the world would say things like we do but we're but we love each other and we're thankful for what Christ has done for us and we know Christ is our righteousness it's not about us showing off how wonderful we are and That's he used to think the same thing he had wonderful parents godly christian missionary parents and he used to think well i ought to be an amazing person because my parents were amazing. Mm. But we had to come to that place in 92 and we recognized we could not be amazing without a walk with him. We could not, we could not show his grace unless we were genuinely repenting and recognizing how much we needed him every day.
0: That is good because there's so many, um, kids who've grown up and they have godly parents and they just seem lost and they don't know, they don't know who they're supposed to be. If they're supposed to be like their parents or if they're supposed to be their own people. And they, they just need to see that they just need Jesus just like everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. We need to see him for ourselves. I have godly parents and I had to come to that too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing? Well, to? God you, Sorry. God bless you for doing. God bless you for doing a podcast like this. I, I hope that there are many women who are listening to whatever podcast you have not done. Um, not just not this because I'm not. Again, I'm not that amazing. I'm simply I, a Christian sister sharing my own weaknesses and my failings, but also knowing that Christ always leads us in triumphs. Why does it say that? Because he went to the cross for me. He was willing to die and suffer for my sins. And so every day my life has to be a response of gratitude to him.
2: Hmm. And that
1: response of gratitude is what shows other people that there is a God that we need to worship and we need to honor. If we weren't doing good works out of gratitude for Him, we're actually doing good works because we want people to see us. Hmm. And that is wrong. That's the wrong motivation.
0: Yes. Well, He's definitely given you an amazing story, and it's wonderful to hear you say this. So well, would you be willing to share about Lord. Yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Would you be willing to share about your books that you've written and, and how people can find them, especially the one that's coming out pretty soon?
1: Okay. I've written one book that was published in 2012 and it was only in print for two years and then the publishing company closed. Hmm. So it's no longer in print. I'm hoping that it will, I will find another publisher who could print it again. It's called Pili Pinto's Happiness. And that's spelled P-I-L-I-P-I-N-T-O. And that was a Quechua word, the Indians that we lived with before we went to the Alca's. The mm-hmm. key tool word for butterfly. Huh. And basically because I was slitting around from one thing to another. I'm just a very variety loving person. So, um, so Pili Pinto's Happiness is about my childhood in Ecuador. Huh. And it is written for about the ages of six to 11 year olds. Um, and now a book that I'm have just finishing up and basically have finished is called Devotedly, The Love Story of Jim and Elizabeth Elliot." And it has their letters um, not every single and all the whole letters but it has many of their letters and many of their journal entries and m- most people who know the story have seen the book journals of jim Elliot, so this will have some of those entries but it has a lot more entries of my mother's diaries because she never had her diaries published while she was living so um it has it's the love story from my perspective of course my mother wrote passion and purity Mm-hmm. And it's definitely her perspective. So I felt like mm-hmm. I had the privilege to put these letters and, and my mother's diary entries in a book because they're amazing. They were <laughs> they were so devoted
2: mm-hmm. to
1: Jesus Christ that I felt like people need to see this in a new format, even though you can see the story in Passion and Purity. Um, so, oh, yeah. Awesome. And that's... that's it's going to come out by February 1st. It is already on Amazon as a pre-order. Mm-hmm. So it's by Valerie Elliott Shepard and it is called Devotedly.
0: Oh, what a great Valentine's present. That <laughs> I may- hope so.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, thank you for writing that. That is going to be a treasure.
2: <laughs>
0: I hope so. Yeah. Well, it has been such an honor to talk with you. Thank you so much for... Pointing us to Jesus and, and reminding us that it is him. And it's
1: we have no qualifications but him. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Rebecca, for seeing that and, and having me talk. I hope I could encourage a few.
0: Yes. I pray a lot of people get to hear it and get encouraged. God bless you so much. Thank you, Rebecca.
1: Okay, God bless you too. Turn your heart toward
2: home. Turn your heart toward home. You've been gone so long. Turn your heart.